Welcome to the Philip Wiley Show. Take a look behind the curtain of professional hacking and hear compelling discussions with guests from diverse backgrounds who share a common curiosity and passion for challenges and their job. And now, here's your host, offensive security professional, educator, mentor, and author, Philip Wiley. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Philip Wiley Show. Uh, we're continuing this series of Be Fearless Online, and this is part two of in-browser malicious file detection. And I got Dakshita uh, joining me again today. So it's uh, great to have you back on. It's been been a while since we last spoke. I've spoke with your colleagues and really getting to see some of the, the nice features and been really impressed with the development of what I thought was already a great product. So it's uh, great to have you on and get to hear about some of these new features. Thank you. Thank you, Philip. Yeah, good to be back on the show. And I guess like it hasn't been that long if you compare to you know regular product development cycles. And we do have some really cool, exciting new features out uh, in the short span of time. So I'm really happy to talk talk to you about it in this episode. Yeah, looking forward to hearing about it. Yeah. So maybe I'll just go ahead and share my screen so that I can give sure. you a demonstration. All right. Okay, so here I'm going to be talking about the second, uh, you know, part of in-browser malicious file detection. The best part is, lastly, when my um, colleague was talking to you about it, the feature was not out yet, but now it's out. It just got out two days ago, and we've had some really good reviews about it. So I'm happy to show you a demonstration of how that works. So previously, my colleague mentioned that you know at in our malicious document detector we are putting privacy first by piloting one of the industry's first in-browser detection so currently this feature works on gmail and what we're trying to do is to detect malicious macros embedded in office files in the gmail environment and we picked gmail because it's one of the most popular email client and uh, office files are the most commonly used files to date, right? Everybody, regardless whether they are working in organizations, big or small, or personal lives, we all use office documents for our communications. So we believe that this is a great starting point for us to truly protect an average internet user online. So we are doing a couple of things in the browser. Um, first one being file type analysis. So we are going deeper than what um, surface level checks do in Gmail, for instance. And I will be showing you some uh, demonstrations of uh, where email clients have not filled the gaps yet and where SquareX comes in. And uh, the first one being, for example, um, whether somebody renamed a file type, does Gmail detect it as a you know, file type mismatch? Or, and we also analyze the file structure of the macros file itself to see whether they are anomalies because usually when you tamper with the file, it affects a few things, right? Either the structure of the file is different, some parts are missing, some parts could be uh, malicious but seems benign. Um, there's this kind of almost um, spoofing of the file structure going on. So we do do some detection on that. And then we also look through the code itself within the macros and then we run checks to see if there are certain, uh, you know, sort of blacklisted um, um, functions that are being called. For example, are there shell commands? Are there, you know, reference, references to your local system and so on and so forth. So these are the few things that we do on the detection aspect. And we do all of this in the browser without sending anything back 
to our servers or to any third parties to analyze. And then on top of doing this detection, we also do some sort of sanitization. So we clean this um, macros document for you. If, you. if it's flagged as malicious, we allow you to download a clean copy of it where we either remove the macro or we remove a component of the macros that will prevent this file from being uh, evading other antivirus solutions. So really what we're trying to do here is we're trying to create a product that has never been there before, that is truly important for every user, currently every Gmail user. But at the same time, we want to complement every other solution that's out there. For example, if uh, antivirus solutions does not end up detecting this file, at least you know that you've had the first line of defense come in and um, help you out there. So we do really want to you know, uh, come into to the ecosystem and complement every other solution that is there currently. So um, without further ado, I'm going to show you a very simple file. So this file I've labeled as uh, calc.xlsm. And all it does is simply call the calc.exe. So if you're running this on a Windows computer, this will open your calculator app. And um, essentially, I'm calling a shell command to, to run this exe for me. So it's a very simple file. And um, the truth is that if you were to change this exe file to something that's malicious, um, it's something that should be detected by our existing systems, right? Because um, exe files can be really dangerous. So if you just look at this calc.xlsm file, so I'm just going to show you. So I have two windows here side by side. So the first window is a regular browser. This is what an average user sees. So I'm going to click on this email. And the second browser is actually with the SquareX extension enabled. So within the SquareX extension, under Smart Integrations, if you click on this gear icon, you can see that we've added two new features here, which is a Gmail scan for malicious documents and Gmail additional view options for attachments. So when these two are enabled, this is where the magic happens, right? So I'm going to open the same doc, the same email here, which is scalp.xlsm, and you can see that there's a scanning going on, and this is detected as a malicious document. So this is the difference between what having SquareX and not having SquareX. And why do we flag this as malicious document, right? So if you click on this, you actually have an option here to see technical details on why we flag this to be malicious. And here we tell you exactly what's inside. We tell you there's an auto-executive uh, function, there's a shell command, and this is the executable that's being called. So this is pretty, pretty amazing because you have not downloaded this file yet. You have no idea what's inside. But we are able to tell you before you even download it, what are some of the components that you have to be aware of. And on top of that, we also tell you things like metadata. So this can come in handy, for example, if you're receiving email from person A and it says the creator is like person Z. Maybe he has a Russian name, you know, for example, uh, not to be racist, but let's say he has another, a name of another nationality. So then you can think, okay, is this file something that he really created or is, could this potentially be malicious? So there are many different ways you can use this uh, metadata information as well. But yeah, it comes in really handy here, uh, all this information. So now that you know that this file could potentially be malicious, flagged by SquareX, you have a few options on how you can go ahead with it. So let me hide this here. So either you can open this file safely with our disposable file viewer. So let me just show you what that looks like. So if you click on this option, 
it will directly send this file to our document sandbox environment. So we have mentioned this previously in one of our podcasts, but Disposable File Viewer is essentially a remote document sandbox running in the cloud. And this is completely disposable. So any file that you don't want to download to your device, you can directly open it within the Disposable File Viewer. You can have a quick look here. You can even edit the files. And if you need it, you can download it here. So this is one option that you have to view this file safely without even downloading it to your device. If I were to go back and click on this again, there's also another option that we just introduced, which is to open this directly in Office 365. So we actually have a shared license here. So if you click on that, this document will open within the Office 365 system. So yeah. So here again, you can edit it as you wish. And because it's an Office Online, the macros will not be executed. And you can also, I think, you can download this file through this option anyway. Oh, this is a view-only file. Okay, this is a view-only file. So yeah, very, alternatively... Very nice. Yeah, thank you. So alternatively, we also have a cleanup uh, option. So this is the sanitization I was talking about. Um, if you click on this, you have two options. One is to download a cleaned-up version, which is a macro-free version. So if you were to go for this option, it will download the file to you. And let me show you that when I view macros, there's not, there's no macros in here because it's been stripped off. Go back. And finally, the last option is for you to download it as a PDF document. So as we know, PDFs tend to be a little more safer than any documents with active macros. So we convert this file to a PDF and you can also download it this way. Yeah, and especially since you're converting it to a PDF because you can still, uh, you know, I've heard cases of people sending malicious files through PDF, but since you're creating the PDF, it's safe. You know, it's the same okay. thing if you were printing to a PDF, creating a PDF that, that makes it safer to view opposed to trying to some, you know, some PDFs you may have to worry about that you're that you're getting from re receiving from someone. Exactly. Yes. So currently our solution supports office documents, but PDF is definitely something we have on our hit list next because as you said, it is something that's a popular file format that people send around at the same time. Um, people do find ways to embed malicious content into it. So that's definitely something that's on our hit list next. Yeah. So are, are you guys using any kind of blacklisting or any kind of uh, antivirus to detect these uh, these malicious files? Okay, so that's where we are different from regular antivirus, I would say, because we there are many competitors out there. Some people have been around for years. They have such a robust blacklist, you know, so many APIs pulling in and all that. And uh, at this juncture, being really new, being like a growing company, we want to make sure that we complement these big companies that already have all these um, scanning capabilities. So what we do focus on is a little bit more like on a meta level. Um, how can we look at the file structure and figure out if it has been compromised? So currently, we're not using any sort of blacklist, right? So um, you would actually, with a few experiment uh, experimentation, you would realize that Gmail does a pretty good job at detecting viruses that have already been de detected. So it does the blacklisting part on its own. So what we, where we come in is to look at um, things like the file types, the file structure, and the, com and the contents of the file itself to figure out whether this could potentially be malicious. 
So we aren't using any sort of blacklist at this moment. So I think that is something that makes us um, pretty distinct from the other competitors. And also because it's a browser extension, it makes us extremely lightweight because we don't have to keep referring to this blacklist and slowing down the scanning process. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, it sure is. It's just still amazes me how easy you make it is to make make it to use uh SquareX because you know there's a lot of other products out there that aren't as good for other types of security. And you know, you have to go get take some kind of training, watch some videos, read some PDFs to figure out how to use it. And it's amazes me how simple SquareX is to use. I mean, uh I may have shared with you a while back after I started using the browser plugin, I got a direct message on Twitter and someone had sent me a, a uh, hyperlink to what looked like my, my uh, Instagram account. Mm -hmm. I right clicked it, copied it, opened it up in URL scanner. And it said nothing was wrong with it based on the data it's collected. But I use SquareX to open it up in the sandbox browser and it opened up. It was a, the, the website was in Russia. It was a .ru uh, domain name. Right. And also it was like some kind of stalkerware. So it wasn't a safe site. Uh -huh. It was something that people used to stalk you or, you know, or to, uh, you know, track you or something like that. And thanks to SquareX, I was able to open it up safely without risk and see exactly what it was. If I depended on the URL scanner tool, I could have went and clicked on it and could have had some kind of stalkerware installed in my browser or my workstation. Yeah, that's a fantastic example, Philip. And um, exactly. So we do our isolation technologies are meant to protect users like in a foolproof manner. Uh, but at the same time, we, we recognize that, you know, sometimes people need a little, little nudge, like they might not um, think it's intuitive to open everything that comes their way in the disposable file viewer. And that's where I think our detection technology is kind of complemented because now when we tell you that, hey, this looks kind of suspicious or this looks kind of malicious, and then people have a push to open this file in the disposable file viewer and likewise for links as well. So I, I think that because our isolation technologies are really out there, now that we're coming up with more and more like in-browser detection, it's going to definitely create an entire ecosystem of like, you know, a, a browser guard end-to-end protecting you in all ways so really excited to see where squarex is headed yeah okay so if it's okay so i'm going to move on to the next demonstration sure. so what i'm going to do is exactly the same file as previously which is the xlsm file uh, with the same code inside but now i'm just going to simply Brief, uh, rename it to a PDF, right? So this seems like a really simple, straightforward, like even a novice can do this. And I'm going to send this file through Gmail. And what's surprising to me is actually that Gmail does not really do any sort of detection to find that this file has been uh, renamed. And um, I say that because they've been in the game for a really long time, right? And this seems like a very basic um, sort of, I wouldn't even call it hacking or a very basic sort of, um, you know, uh, attack to do. So uh, where we come in is we immediately tell you that, hey, you know, it claims to be a PDF, but it, we actually detect that this file type is XLSM. So this is very, very straightforward. 
uh, because we use MIME type, we use magic numbers to determine what's the file type of the file instead of just using the extension uh, values itself. So um, this directly tells you and immediately when somebody sends you an email with this kind of, uh, you know, uh, claiming it to be a different file type, you already know that you should probably never talk to this person or reply to emails anyway. So this is a direct way for you to find out uh, very easily if this is um, something fishy at all. So again, you have all those options that you can use to protect yourself. Yeah, so here I can mention to you that um, oh, this one's a PDF, so you can you can see that on Hover we actually added a view safely with SquareX, and we actually have a few more options that I'm going to show in the first one. Um, yeah, we have view safely with SquareX on Hover. We have download as a PDF and open in Office 365. We've already integrated this with the regular Gmail's um, sort of UI, so this is very easy for you to open files directly with SquareX anytime you want. Yeah, that's very nice. I like the way it integrates. It just looks like it's part of part of Gmail. Exactly. Yeah. So moving on, um, I'm going to be covering some of the more file structure based attacks. So um, one of it, I think both of them, my colleague would have mentioned previously, but just to reiterate. So uh, one of it is called VBA purging. And basically, uh, when we look at the file structure of a Office document itself, uh, it is possible for uh, you know hackers to evade antivirus solutions by removing certain components of it. Uh, and if they know that a certain uh, scanner only looks at one component to scan, uh, for example, in the case of purging, um, you know, the performance cache of the file is purged, is removed, right? So if they know that this is a component that is not looked at by the antivirus scanner, they can very easily come up with a malicious file that will evade such a tracker. So you might wonder, like, why would an antivirus not just scan through every component of the file uh, if they know, you know, that it's so easy to evade? So I guess it's because the speed and efficiency is also in consideration. So we can't always take our own sweet time to you know scan through every single file uh, thoroughly before letting the user use it. Otherwise, they just want to uninstall and you know get away with with the malicious files. So uh, that's probably a reason why some solutions do not do a more holistic scanning. So um, where we come in is I'm going to show you a purge demonstration. So I've actually gone to Malware Bazaar and taken a malicious document directly. I just took one that already um, exists there and I think this is from some time back. And then we put it through an office purge, which is uh, open source. It's available online on GitHub. Um, this is to purge the document, which is basically to remove the performance cache aspect. And once I do that, and then I put it through virus total, actually none of the vendors were able to flag this as malicious at all, right? So they didn't even detect it. And, you know, generally when my virus total doesn't detect it, Gmail doesn't either. So this is what it looks like. Let me show you. This is the purge file. So you can see that there's no indication here, but this is actually a malicious document. We got it straight out of Malware Bazaar. And when I open it with SquareX, we tell you that it's malicious. And you can see why. It's because there's no performance cache found in the VBA project stream. So we tell you here that, you know, there's some purging going on. 
at the same time, we also tell you other things that, you know, it may open a file, something about it is suspicious, it may write to a file, and this is the person who has created this document. So I think it writes the file to this email address. So it we, we basically give you uh, a lot more information about the file even before you download it to your device. Yeah, I really like all the details that you get. Yeah. I think you might have, I mean, you have a lot more industry experience than me. I don't think you've ever seen a solution like this before, I assume. No, it's nice. And I honestly see security teams using this, like incident response. If someone had some uh, interesting, suspicious email that they forwarded to the incident response team and they use something like this to look at it. I mean, because when I mentioned like your, the URL scanner, that was something one of our, our, one of our IR teams used at a company I worked at. And so the same tool that that wasn't very helpful for me and missed that that was something malicious. I was able to do that with SquareX. So yeah, it's pretty amazing to see the, the detail of information you get on it. So it's just not, this is malicious. You get the why it's malicious and, and a lot of details to why it's malicious. Yeah, exactly. And I think it saves you a lot of time because I'm sure maybe you can get this, all these details if you just dig on it by yourself. But, you know, to set up the VM, to open this file, to do all that digging is going to take a lot of time. Then we're able to do it in like a few seconds. Um, I'm sure you saw when it was scanning, it literally takes like a, a second or two. Mm -hmm. And then it tells you all of it immediately. And that's because it's done in the browser. So we really do. Um, you know, save a lot of time and make all of your processes really efficient. So I'm I'm really curious to hear uh, people from the teams actually try to use this product. Hopefully, after listening to your product, uh, your podcast, we'll be yeah. giving this product a try, and then we can get some feedback of people on the ground who are battling this every single day, getting a whole ton of files to go through, see how they truly feel about this experience. I'm really excited to hear about that. Yeah, it'd be interesting to, to hear the feedback. There's some some people that I know that do incident response that that I want to share this with so they can try it out in their environments and see how it works compared to, you know, when you mentioned a while ago, starting up the VM, a lot of people have sandboxes in their environments. And like you said, even if it was already spun up, the time it takes to go over, switch to that other VM, open up the file, navigate to it and all that, you know, you could already had it opened and look at the information before you could ever get started using the old method. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So um, just like Perch Macros, we also have uh, VBA Stomping, which is also another popular tactic used to evade antivirus solutions. And in this case, instead of the performance cache, we actually have the compressed source code um, that will be stripped off. So in this only works if the attacker knows what your office version is exactly. But, you know, social engineering has gotten so advanced now, getting this information is going to be so easy for them. So, so long as they know the which version of the of Microsoft Office they're using, um, it's easy for them to use VBA stomping to uh, send you a malicious Office file. So we actually got some samples of a GitHub. So this is a repository that has all these different Office versions and different file types for you to test around. And... Let me show you what the outcome is. So this is the sample. And with SquareX, we actually detect that this stop, uh, compressed source code is not found, has been stripped off. And this means that the file has definitely been tampered with. So 
be it a benign, be it malicious, you know, once it's been tampered with on a file structure level, there's something you definitely have to look out for. So this is something that we flag as malicious as well. So file structure level analysis. And moving on, uh, we also have some known malicious samples. So this might be a demo that we've done also in our disposable file viewer demo. So we essentially have um, exe running. So it's using the same uh, format as the calc.exe that I showed you previously. And in this case, we actually return the WannaCry um, UI to the user. So I guess nothing inherently malicious, but we could have hosted some uh, malicious content here. And because it's hosted on our own internal domain, um, Gmail might not have picked it up. So what we notice, as I mentioned, like Gmail is really good at detecting things that have already been found by other people. But when it comes to zero-day attacks, it's a little bit more difficult. Uh, I mean, we understand, right? It's an email service. It's not meant to be um, something that is uh, super robust in, in security when it comes to security. So this exe file, um, it actually gets labeled as something that seems dangerous, right? Which is fantastic. Um, so that's also something that we, we flag as dangerous. But when I just simply rephrase or rename XLS to PDF of the same document, and, you know, sometimes it comes in um, um, email, maybe it's a job offer, maybe it comes in as a form that you have to fill, and they tell you, please rename this extension and then save it. And you see that it just goes through the Gmail without any um, detection at all. So here... Again, we detect it and we tell you there's a file type mismatch. And then there's the shell command. It runs it runs this UI.exe and it goes to this URL. So everything here is in you know plain text for you. It's very easy for you to find out. Yeah. So this is one example for known malicious samples. And yeah. Yeah, very interesting. So uh, I also have a very large file sample for you. So uh, because, you know, the structure of Office files itself is kind of like a zip. So they do compress. So I have one sample with a 17 MB VBA component. And the file size itself is about 5 MB. So I guess it's not considered a really big file to Gmail. But, you, I mean, we have to be aware when there's an extremely large VBA component, what could it potentially be? Because predominantly the use case for VBA macros <coughs> sorry, tends to be like, you know, for some sort of um, document uh, formatting. Uh, you know, I've seen people from, uh, you know, organizations who still use Excel sheets for their daily reporting, for the dashboarding. So they usually use um, macros essentially to do some, help them with some formulas, help them with some formatting and to make sure that they get like a consistent dashboard every single time maybe they feed this manual information to larger database systems so why then is a file having a 17 mb vba component that, that's uh, something that should be flagged so we do flag it here we tell you that you know this has an unusually large vba macro so you might want to be aware because sometimes when you do obfuscated code when they try to you know stuff in some um, really suspicious or malicious content amidst a whole bunch of like just 
um, obfuscation or random text, whatever it is, uh, then it might result in the file being this large. So it's something that users should know. So it's something that some information that we do give the users about. Yeah, so that's large files. Finally, I have old Microsoft files. So let me show you what happens if you send like a 97 to 2003 file. So this is a benign file. It has nothing wrong with it. It just, you know, prints a bunch of ABCs. Uh, when you click on it, so you just prints it. And, but it's using the 97 version of the document. So what we do is we flag it as suspicious. So why do we flag it as suspicious? Because it's 2024. Why are you using such an old office format? So we are um, want to err on the side of error, uh, on side of caution. So we do tell you that, hey, this looks suspicious, mostly because it's a really old file. We have no idea why you're still using it in 2024. And, you know, statistically, this is our 2017 data that I got and only 3% of the world was using 97 back in 2017. So I presume now with Office 2019 and so on, this proportion must be a lot smaller. So if someone is sending a 97 file in this age, hmm, there could be something suspicious in there. So it's always better to just open the file with the disposable file viewer or you know download a clean copy if you need be. So this is this is... Um, some examples or some use cases that, uh, you know, some uh, demonstrations that I wanted to show the general public on uh, why you should get on SquareX and why you should use this ASAP because it gives you so much information that you are literally blind to right now because um, it's not email's jobs to tell you all these things, right? But as a security and privacy company, we do value uh, giving users full information of what they're getting into. And this is why we have created this product and this is why. Uh, we want to bring it to the mass market. Yeah. So that's... Yeah, not only, not only this is a great tool, it's also very informative. I've learned a lot from these these episodes, learning a lot more about malicious attachments and just some of the different things that SquareX is able to to prevent. And I'm sure uh, the viewers will, will learn as well, especially those that just haven't, uh, you know, are not working in the technology field or working in cybersecurity sometimes people like that, you know, some of the older folks in our lives or people that are just not that technical, you know, more victim to this kind of stuff. So it's really interesting and very educational. And so what's the biggest advantage of doing all this detection in the browser? Yeah. So the reason why we picked like in browser is, and, and the reason why we're doing browser-based security is because people spend most of the time on the browser and, you know, they uh, log into multiple Gmail accounts they use Gmail so much. I think statistically, Gmail is one of the most popular email clients used both in organizations as well as in personal lives. So given people spend so much time on the browser and you have your regular, uh, your traditional security solutions sitting on the desktop, you know, on the cloud and so on, um, we just want to make sure that before this, you give the file a chance to even penetrate your to your local device, or to your network, or before um, antivirus or secure web gateway gets to scan these things, we want to be there first and give you a first line of defense. And when you do in-browser detection, um, multiple things, right? First of all, it's the most private way for you to detect without sending it to your antivirus or sending it to your uh, your organizational um, firewalls and secure, secure web gateways. And on top of the privacy aspect, we also get a lot more context 
within this environment. So there's some things that our engineers are working on right now. For example, right, um, based on our my anal- anal- based on analyzing all these different like secure web gateways, uh, providers and antivirus solutions out there, I can tell you that 90% of them they can't work with encrypted zips that are password protected. Right? Till date, they can't. Because how could you possibly enter something that's password protected? But when you're doing detection in the browser, uh, you get context to certain other things. For example, in the email body, if there's a password revealed, and then we'll be able to do uh, analytics on the file itself. So these are some things that are still, you know, boiling. They're still in the pipeline. But I'm just telling you that the, um, you know, opportunities for in-browser detection, it's actually endless. We have, we can do a million other things that people who are sitting outside of the browser can't do because they don't have access to such resources that we, that we, we have. So um, that's, that's definitely one of the largest benefits. And, you know, on top of that, the privacy aspect is something personally I value a lot. Like I don't want third-party people to be reading my emails and so on. But everything is done locally. Everything is done on your own browser. Nothing is going out. It's, it gives me a level of safety. It gives me a level of security to know that, you know, I am in the best hands. So that is why we really have focused on in-browser detection primarily for everything. Yeah. Yeah, and just uh, once again to to reiterate to the viewers and listeners you know this is a free product too this is something that you can use freely and you know all these other antiviruses uh usually you pay money for it and and just to have this added level of protection is is pretty awesome exactly exactly yes it's absolutely free uh you can go and try it out on our website uh, we have a Chrome extension as well as a web application and of course these features that I spoke about because they integrate to your browser itself they only are available on the Chrome extension version. So any Chromium-based browser will be able to access all of these amazing features that I just shared with you. Amazing. Very good. So thanks for, for joining me again. It was great chatting with you and, and learning about new, new features of SquareX. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the show, Philip. It's a pleasure. Yeah. Thanks, everyone, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to The Philip Wiley Show. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. In the meantime, to learn more about Philip, go to thehackermaker.com and connect with him on LinkedIn and Twitter at Philip Wiley. Until next time.